0: In the last three weeks our organization uh, just grew in a huge hub of we need it immediately, we need to help this, we need to help that, and at the same time receiving an enormous amount of calls, emails, text messages, how we can help, I want to donate, how we can do that.
1: Welcome to a special episode of the Good and Grounded podcast. It's a discussion we have with passionate leaders who are working to solve some of our most very challenging issues facing our community. As most everyone knows, more than 2 million people have fled Ukraine since Russia invaded that country more than three weeks ago. In fact, a UN official called it the fastest growing refugee crisis in Europe since World War II. In today's episode, we are honored to be joined by Marina Dubrova, president of Ukrainians of Colorado. I'm Laura Love, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Licko. Thanks for joining us, Marina. Thank
0: you for having me. Thank you guys for giving me a platform to tell us what we do
1: and what we feel. Of course. Absolutely. Well, and maybe we start there. Would you be willing to share just a little bit about Ukrainians of Colorado and, and how it was formed?
0: The organization was formed in 2014. And it was kind of an organic response to uh, what happened in 2014 when the war started, it never ended, it's just exploded three weeks ago when Donbass and Crimea were annexed. And um, we had many refugees and we recognized that the Ukraine is under the siege of uh, our neighbor. So the organization, I should say this, in Colorado, you know, it's a small state and uh Ukrainian community was relatively small so we uh we had churches and we still have one church left but the amount of people was um, insufficient and uh, not everyone goes to church nowadays and the the idea of creating somebody of a, a sort of club or organization which would uh, um have a mission to uh to unite Ukrainians here in Colorado And be a resource for newcomers to Colorado, uh, be, you know, to preserve our heritage, our language, our culture. So it was the mission at that time. And the the other mission was just to help those refugees and the kids, orphans, especially in Ukraine. But in the last three weeks, our organization uh, just grew in huge, huge, a uh, hub of, we need it immediately, we need the, to help this, we need to help that, and at the same time receiving an enormous amount of calls, emails, text messages, how we can help, I want to donate, how we can do that. We do work very closely with Project CURE uh, here in Denver, um, and they've, they've received so much uh, donations in form of uh, medical supplies and, uh, and money, so today I, I saw article that the, uh, let me see, I think Centura Health or um, the big uh, medical um, medical center donated 200,000 worth of medical supplies and it's been to col- uh, Project Cure and it's all for Ukraine. So it's uh, always comes down to coordinating. I'm talking about our challenges right now. It's coordinating. It's creating logistics, working with Ukrainian side to complete logistics if we transport medical supplies and uh, so forth. So it is, uh, it's, um, it's a lot to digest in three weeks, and uh, the enormous emotional impact on, on us, plus volunteering. And I should say that we don't have employees. We don't have any paid position. Every single one of us is a volunteer, and they do the best. they give in the best of their time, uh, energy, um, efforts. And I just, I, I can't thank them enough for what they're doing. As a volunteers, nobody pays them. They're just doing it because they have huge heart, and they, they all have relatives in Ukraine and um you know our struggles with our c- coordination and our logistics nothing to compare what our people going through in ukraine nowadays so we don't mm-hmm. w- we are not whining that's mm-hmm. nobody com- is complaining everyone is trying to help and i think that's the uh, main um it's it's very important to to, to talk about it
2: Real quick, Marina, let me ask you. Let me ask you because we do want to talk more in depth about the specific needs and the acute needs and how people can help. But I, if I can just back up just a second, because I'm curious to find out what your personal journey to Colorado looked like. Um, how long you've been here, um, and is 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 your journey a typical one?
0: Oh, there is a different. Uh, there, I don't think there is a one scenario fits all. Uh, there is not one scenario. There uh, And we have a multi-generational uh, community. We have people who came to country um, after the World War II, like my grandfather. He came to United mm-hmm. States in 1950, and he lived in Chicago, and then he decided to retire in uh, Lakewood, Colorado, uh, where I came after the Soviet Union fell apart. Um, mm-hmm. And and since then, I've been living here in Lakewood and I think it's the best place to be. A lot of uh, my grandfather's generation, they all went through, after the war, they all, almost everyone went through the refugee camps uh, um, in Germany. There were three three different r- regions and the ones were um, supervised by United States, United Kingdom, and uh, France, I would say. So my father was lucky enough to be under the American supervision, so he was waiting. In those days, they had to wait for the sponsor to bring them to to United States or any other countries. Just a piece of history which my grandfather shared with me, that all Ukrainians who fled Soviet Union and they ended up in those refugee camps. They all were um, under huge stress because at those days the KGB people were. Those days they called NKVD, uh, not the KGB. So they were spying, snorking around throughout Europe, and they were kidnapping people, sending them back to Soviet Union, to Siberia, to labor camps. So the people were so, um, so the people were very, very um, on the high, high alert, and they're very nervous. My grandfather told me that. A lot of people, a lot of Ukrainians, went to. Uh, they couldn't wait until the United States opened the border, so they went to. They accepted sponsors in Canada. Canada was given away this uh, the land in Saskatchewan. I think, yeah, that's the biggest mm-hmm. community of Ukrainians mm-hmm. there. Um, Paraguay, Uruguay, Argentina, Brazil—you name it. So uh, uh, Australia. So my grandfather said, "No, I'll be waiting for a sponsor in the United States." So, so he finally—I um, think he—he wa- he was in refugee camps for four years before he—he he got his sponsor, and that's how he came.
1: Marina, do you still have family there? In Ukraine? I
0: do have my uh, aunt and uh, cousin, but they 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 evacuated. But we have also I have very very close friends, family, and uh, they're like family. So they decided mm-hmm. to stay there. They have older mom who is blind, eighty five years old, and uh, it's it's very hard. So they decided to take a chance. Our plan first is to help right now Ukraine with medical supplies. We um so we collect in medical supplies, but um we also collect in funds because then we can buy exactly in the big big uh quantities what exactly needed is needed, what we need to send hospitals, medical centers or um um, you know, military hospitals. So th- those two uh, two aspects, we are not accepting any clothing, anything at this time, because there's so much help uh, coming from Europe and European countries. So it's, uh, they have huge warehouses full of clothing. So it's not the uh, it's not the necessity, which we have to supply them with because European Union is very well covered, uh, covered that aspect. So, um, that's our first step, medical supplies. And I know that uh, we ha- in, U- in Ukraine, we had always lack of uh, uh, medical supplies, medical equipment, this and that. Um, so I think that's our main focus. And I know it's gonna help us and it's gonna help Ukrainians in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next aspect, we, we wanna work with the kids uh, orphans there are a lot of orphans. And we looking right now for venues and um, sources whom we can trust to bring or, uh, orphans or help, um, at least to get the qualified information. If there's Americans, uh, Ukrainian Americans who want to adopt kids from Ukraine, then we have resource and we can provide them with that resource and it's, um, it, it, it is a trusted resource, so we're working on that aspect. The other thing is we're trying to, um, to work with the Ministry of Health in Ukraine. So far, it's, it wasn't successful, but we're still pushing them because we would like to bring some kids to our children's hospital, uh, ch- uh, kids with severe illnesses, such as uh, cancer and other, to come for treatment. So we would like to help them with that. So we're working on that aspect, and um, as soon as the war is over and Ukraine is uh, uh, is the victor, so we have to rebuild Ukraine, and that will be the second uh, phase of our work. Uh, we will have to work targeted for uh, in Ukraine uh, on the projects whom we can help uh, to restore the country to rebuild the country. So. Th- there are a lot of things on our plate. I don't know how we can go to accomplish so but mm-hmm. uh, I'll tell I wanna tell you as far as the community and the donations. We see a lot, a lot of support. We see a lot of donations pouring up and we continue doing fundraising fundraisings and we, we've done already a few of them. On March twenty sixth, we uh working with our Polish friends and we doing um uh, big fundraising in the Polish club. We're very grateful to our Polish friends um, here and in Poland. They take care of our refugees. They love them, they accept them, they feed them. It's just everything. they given them housing. I mean, it's, so is the small countries such as Moldova, such as um, Czech Republic, Slovakia, uh, Romania, all those small countries, uh, uh, even Lithuania. So and, Last Sunday, uh, I was invited to Lithuanian uh, Independence Day celebration in the community, the Colorado Lithuanians. So they told me how much they donated already to Ukraine through their uh, non-profits. So it's, it, it, there's so much help and support is coming from different communities that we just, you know, there's not enough uh, words in the English language to describe how much we appreciate that. We, we had a fundraising on March 6th and um, small business, Korean business, it's M-Mart. It is on Havana Street. And they brought us check and it was so touchy. We cried. <laughs> we cried. <laughs> We can't complain about support. It's, it's just so much, so much. And we're grateful to, to that.
1: Marina, it sounds like you have so many things in the works. I'm sure you're not sleeping much these days. But if someone is listening to this podcast and they wanted to learn more, to find out how they could donate or, or help in other ways, where would we send them?
0: Uh, we have a website, uh, www.ukrainiansofcolorado.org and there is a button donate, please do so. We really appreciate that.
1: You mentioned earlier the refugees and talking about, I think, orphans and and coming in and and the assistance for that. And I know that in the last decade, there's been, and I may have the number wrong, but less than 300 Ukrainian refugees that have resettled here. When we think about this next phase of resettlement for some Ukrainians, what what does that look like for you? And, And where do you see Colorado playing a role in that?
0: Well, I think I should say what our um Ukrainian character is, national character. So, we self-sufficient. We work. We don't like um to be subsidized. So, of course, any nation has some exceptions to the rule, but the majority of our people if they come here, they will with the help of community, with the help of friends, they will stand on their feet pretty pretty quick and uh, enjoy their independent life so that's how I see my people and I see how they are right now they you know are they going to college they find the job
2: yeah well we 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 know we hate we try to keep these episodes short and I feel like we've gotten a lot of information from you and a lot of um, ways that people can help and certainly we hope that we are able to do so and get the word out um, so that people know where they may be able to help locally here in Colorado to impact nationally in Ukraine and and impact um, folks from your country and and folks here locally and and those that need medical assistance. So we thank you for your time and coming on and and helping share your story with us.
0: Thank you. Thank you guys for coming.
1: so grateful for people like Marina and her incredible group of friends that are standing strong during this time and supporting her neighbors and her family members back in Ukraine. If you are also interested in helping the cause, please go to ukrainiansofcolorado.org and you can find out how to donate and help out with this really important effort that's happening now.
2: Yeah, and we, we build this one as sort of a special edition Good and Grounded because it has such a timely nature to it. Uh, if you did like what you hear and you'd like to learn more, a little bit more about what's going on in our community um, outside of, of this particular issue, we have a lot of other episodes at goodandgrounded.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, you can find us on Spotify or wherever you listen. Um, and let's get out there and help our neighbors, like we've been saying, and, and, and do some good in our communities.